everybody, and welcome to Unapologetic Live. Happy Friday. Today, we're going to be talking about Don't Worry, Darling. And, you know, I wasn't worried until I saw the movie. Uh, we went and saw that yesterday. We'll get into a review on that. Plus, Dennis Prager went on The Young Turks to debate Anna Kasparian. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. Who? Uh, but anyway, she's an angry leftist. And the debate went, eh, we'll see. We're going to review that today. All that and more. Let's get into it. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Unapologetic Live. We've got Taylor sitting next to me. And we got Scott in the producer's bed. What's up, everyone? (laughs) Now, let's get into Don't Worry, Darling. Like I said, we went and watched this this movie last night. And before I get into my spoiler-free synopsis, I will let Harry Styles explain why he loves the movie so much. Um, I think when I read it, I think it was... um I just love the story, and uh, the mood board was very tasteful. Um, so I was a big fan of the, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of mood boards. Get you know, up for mood boards. Mood boards. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the story. I thought it was it was very kind of you know it says a lot. I think about you know words, small words, but just you know society and patriarchy and the whole thing. So it was uh, yeah, I was very happy to be able to. Um, Yikes. I had to speed through that because if you sat through what was him just trying to find the words to describe a project that he's heavily invested in. The words escaped him to describe what we just listened to. Oh my gosh. All I have to say is in the words of Harry Styles, Don't Worry Darling was a movie and it felt like a movie. Felt like one of those things that you go to the movie theater to watch. Now, let's actually get into the film and talk about it because uh, this is going to be a recurring series that we do where we go and watch movies that uh, have a lot of hype behind them. Don't Worry Darling is one of those. We've seen a lot of drama surrounding this movie, a fight between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh that possibly happened. Was Shia LaBeouf going to be in the movie? No, he's replaced by Harry Styles. Plus, Olivia Wilde coming out and saying that the movie is heavily inspired by Jordan Peterson and that she, in fact, based her villain character in the film off of him. So let's get into what I saw and what we all saw yesterday at Don't Worry Darling. The movie is following a a young married couple by the name of Alice and Jack. So Alice and Jack live in this semi-utopic town called Victory. It's a small little town full of little husbands and wives that is actually surrounded by desert. Alice wakes up every day to make breakfast for her beautiful husband, Jack, before he heads out to work. And she lives in a little cul-de-sac where every morning all the wives come out and wave their husbands off to work. Where are they working? Some place called the Victory Project. And it Are any of the wives aware of what's going on there at that Victory Project? No, it's just a secret that remains uh, a secret until later in the the film develops. Now, the the movie follows heavily Alice, uh, who is played by Florence Pugh, and her life in Victory, which is seemingly very happy in the beginning, although... Uh, a series of distorted experiences make her start to question the life that she's leading in this little town. You get run-ins with the owner of the town and sort of the leader of the town. His name is Frank, and he has a wife, Shelley, uh, as his beautiful little utopic 1950s patriarchy counterparts, and they run this little town. He's very cult-like. His character is played by Chris Pine, and clearly this is the character that is heavily inspired by Jordan Peterson. 
So Alice starts to have all these distorted experiences within this world that she's living in, within the town of Victory. She starts to question her place within it, question how she got there, and finds that her memory is a little bit fuzzy. And we follow her through uh, a hero's journey of recognizing where she's at and coming to terms with the situation that she's in. I think that's as far as I can go without giving you spoilers into what she finds in her journey. Now, if you guys love Jordan Peterson and sort of the, the views that he expresses or you are fans of traditionalism and maybe gender roles, your, your male and your female counterparts, this might not be a movie <laughs> that appreciates your worldview whatsoever. I think if there's one theme throughout this entire movie, it's that patriarchy is ever present and it is something to be fought and that there is a group of, of men in the world who want nothing more than to control women and uh, living a life where your husband goes to work every day and contributes to your life and provides for you can be a very controlling environment for the divine feminine. That seems to be an ever-present idea throughout the film without even getting into 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 spoilers there. Uh, what what can, what else can I say about this? I think the phrase that I'll use to describe "Don't worry, darling" is a feminist fever dream. <laughs> because if you are a young feminist going in to watch this movie, it is probably your worst nightmare playing out for you onto the screen. I think this movie is so far separated from what real women uh, want and are are looking for, but it certainly just panders to uh, a lot of the the feminist delusions that many young women have in America. And it certainly paints traditional men in a very, very negative light. In pre-interviews about this movie, Olivia Wilde said that it was a, a heavy commentary on Jordan Peterson. Like I said, the main villain in the movie, Frank, is a clear depiction of Jordan Peterson as he mentions the term chaos several times throughout the film and trying to instill order in, in the town that he is living in. So that's that's a, a very uh, strong archetype for his character in particular. Olivia Wilde has also been stated that this movie is commentary on the incel community. Uh, and I'm sure... Many of you are familiar with hearing the term incel. For those of you who aren't, involuntarily celibate is what that term means. And it's used to describe sort of a group of young men who are incapable of, of getting women and maybe are trying, maybe are not trying, but sort of hold a bit of disdain for their female counterparts for not being able to get with them. You have the incels and then you have the chads who are these traditional buff men who get women all the time and the Stacys who, who love the chads. So uh, this movie has all of those themes very present in it, but more so than anything, I think it's Olivia Wilde's leftist delusion about Jordan Peterson playing out on screen. And anybody who is familiar with uh, his ideas and the the ideology, uh, I don't know if I want to even call it ideology, that he espouses, will probably go to this movie and laugh. I think there was multiple times while sitting in the theater that Taylor, Scott, and I both audibly, all audibly laughed uh, when watching. <laughs> oh yeah, it was very on the nose. It was like the the worst thing that you can be is the guy who's listening to podcasts in his basement while watching or watching, you know, Jordan Peterson talk to you at night about chaos and order. It's like, it was really like, 
no subtlety at all at the at the parallel she's trying to make. Right. I will say, in order to give uh, a little bit of kudos to the film, it is beautifully shot. I cannot knock the cinematography of the film itself. Florence Pugh, as I said before, and as a thought going into the movie, gave a brilliant and strong performance from start to finish. Yeah. Larry Styles, much like in his pre-interviews, gave Harry? a lackluster. Oh, what did he I say? Said Larry Styles. Larry Styles. Is that his brother? <laughs> Larry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> That's serious. Uh, Harry Styles, sorry for all the Harry stands watching right now, uh, gave a semi-lackluster performance. You know, we went into the, the drama of, was it going to be Shia LaBeouf? Was it going to be Harry Styles? And I left the movie theater thinking, I really wish it was Shia LaBeouf. Because he really could have given a, a more well-rounded view of what this character was meant to be, what his motivations might have been in the movie. And I was disappointed. Uh, also, brilliant performances from a lot of the supporting actors, although you don't get into their stories really at all. They are simply there for, I don't even want to call it plot support. They're just props in the movie. Essentially, yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of development outside of the, you know, the, the movie. The camera's on Florence Pugh like 98 percent of the time in the movie. But what did you think about Chris Pine's performance? Because to me, it it looked like this is a good actor mm -hmm. who just doesn't want to be here. It's kind of like the same yep. as mm -hmm. the vibe you get from watching him on the press tour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like he looks so checked out and disinterested. I kind of got yeah. the same vibe of his, of his performance. He was like, he did a good job. It was a convincing job, but it just kind of felt like a prisoner in this movie that he's like, why am I here? Yep. Yeah. There, yeah. Were, there was a lot of looking and a lot of mm -hmm. talking by him, but more looking than anything, just at different characters, yep. specifically at Florence. And that was about it. And yeah, he just, he looked a little disinterested and also as though he wasn't fully behind the words that he himself was saying. <laughs> right. um, it was, it was strange. I've got to deliver this Jordan Peterson <laughs> spinoff speech and, and try to be right. convincing it. It's like, Oh gosh. He didn't do horribly though. I think he gave it a good shot. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. it was convincing, I guess. But again, his character did not get enough development to really have you care about them. None of the characters were really developed enough to, to have you care. And I think you leave the movie going, I feel like there's so much more that needs to be explained here and so much more that they left out. As far as woke scoring, I give the movie a 9.5 out of 10. It was very, very woke. So many feminist motifs throughout the entire film that you almost couldn't run from them. And again, and if you are a Jordan Peterson fan, you will recognize the references they're making to him and bust out laughing uh, in the middle of the film. As far as the quality of the film, uh, the storyline, if it had been attributed to anything other than feminism and being anti-patriarchal and all this stuff, had the potential to be a good psychologically thrilling film i'll give it like a seven because i liked it better than nope and i don't remember what score i gave nope so whatever score i gave nope just add like 0.5 onto that <laughs> um and i think that's where we land on on don't worry darling if you are a feminist looking for a a young woman's anti-patriarchal revenge story don't worry darling is the movie for you go see it in theaters now I think that's it. That's it. <laughs> now, <laughs> now we're going to get into some spoilers. Yes. Essentially. Now we're going to get into some spoilers. Uh, so for those of you who are planning on watching this film and don't want it spoiled, click away for a little bit, but come back for Dennis on The Young Turks because that's hilarious. <laughs> um, and Super Chats, by the way. If you are watching, um, we'll be responding to Super Chats at the end of the show. So drop yes. them in the chat and we will 
answer at the end. Also, we want to know your feedback on the show on Unapologetic Live. We have a survey that's down in the description down below, wherever platform you're watching on right now. Uh, please go out and check that survey out. Fill in. Let me know how often you watch the show, what topics you like on the show, what guests you want to see on the show, who, how we can improve on it. And also, by doing the survey, you will sign up for our email list. want to be very clear about that. So if you want to be signed up for the email list and want to contribute your opinion so that we can shape the show to better suit you, uh, fill out the survey in the description down below. Well, okay, so let's get into the spoilers. Alice and Jack, the couple that is uh, followed in this film, Alice, of course, goes through uh, victory and is in this semi-distorted reality, but things start to fall apart in front of her face, and she starts to question her reality and remember things from what seems to be a past life. And it turns out it is nearly exactly that. It is a past life. Uh, and you, you come to find out by the end of the movie that Jack, Harry Styles' character, was actually dating Alice in in a real world, a real reality where Alice is a doctor and Jack is an unemployed, sad sack of a man who uh, she doesn't really find happiness in and is not sexually active with. And Harry, or Jack's character, uh, ends up finding Frank, this Jordan Peterson-like character on the internet late, late at night while, while Alice is out working at the hospital and falling into the rabbit hole of a semi-incel community, even though he has a girlfriend in the movie, so incel yeah, is not weird. the proper term. But she's too busy performing like seven surgeries on a 30-hour shift. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, it was kind of... She looks like she's like 22, and I'm like, right. but you're a surgeon. Yeah, you're a super <laughs> like, young doctor. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, doctor. Yeah, we get it. She's too tired after having a long day at work, picking up his slack because he got fired from his job. Yes. You know, so that's where the incel energy comes from. It's like she she's the successful, smart, brilliant one, and he's kind of the loser in the relationship. Yep. And that's what gives him the energy to want to join this incel community and eventually get roped into this uh, scandal that he ends up putting his girlfriend through. Yes, so he finds Frank on the internet and Frank is just a god among men talking about how you need to access your masculinity. You can be a man again. You can find order from chaos. Come to victory. And victory is an online simulation, essentially, a VR, a uh, virtual reality that you can purchase. And Jack decides to purchase this VR and in a sinister, t sinister twist, essentially kidnap his girlfriend, uh, deem her uh, unconscious, and then put her in the virtual reality where she is no longer a doctor, she is nothing more than his housewife, and in his sinister twist of, of a story, his dream world is not a world where he sleeps with a bunch of women and subjugates all them and controls them. It's actually a dream world where his girlfriend, who's a doctor, no longer has to work, can stay at home and possibly have kids, and he goes to work all day to uh, provide for her, comes home to uh, pleasure his girlfriend uh, while they eat dinner and then go to bed the next day. That's his, that's his sinister dream. Right, and I think it's interesting that, like you said, we're living in... Olivia Wilde's version of like her greatest fear or her greatest like what she thinks that Jordan Peterson is leading us wants to lead us back to and mm -hmm. she, he wants to spread this message that and, and this and I think it's 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 fitting that it's set in this sort of you know their fashion and the cars are like 1950s and yep. it's sort of in that era because that harkens back to the time where those gender roles rigid gender ro roles were happening 
for largely accepted by women and, mm-hmm. uh, and and like rigidly enforced in society and she sees it as this oppressive thing and but that is what Jordan Peterson um, wants to spread and he wants to bring us back and 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 subjugate women again into these rigid gender roles yeah it, it, yeah it's it's essentially like the 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 cage or prison of masculinity that mm-hmm. that she's most afraid of and and this into, and this entire environment is just um some machination that men you know uh want and need and and must have and must keep control of and and uh chris pine's character frank is just that that overlord that's that's convincing everybody within it and convincing the men you, you, that this is the way it is. This is the way it should be. Uh, there's beauty in control. There's beauty in in symmetry. Um, and this is what we're providing here in this lovely, like colorful, uh, perfect world. Um, it's yeah. It's just it. It's it, it's strange and and it's clear that like Olivia, the fact that she thinks this is the worst thing that could possibly happen mm-hmm. to humans, specifically women, is um, I think a little uh, short sighted uh, based on just human history um and and the terribleness of of life in general um 1950s like things were far worse than the 1950s right right and and you get to the end of the film and the great turnaround is alice killing jack not only in the simulation but in real life with really without a care she just boom bashes him over the head he's dead and then the the frank character the jordan peterson character gets killed by his wife as well in a in a wicked twist where she stabs him in the stomach twists the knife and says you stupid stupid man now it's my turn <laughs> yeah the the movie like i was actually following it and entertained and i was like okay this is an interesting you know sort of psychological thriller element you're setting up where are you going with this but once they kind of revealed the big reveal Mm -hmm. for me was this is actually a virtually reality simulation Mm -hmm. that he um unwillingly stuck his girlfriend into Mm -hmm. without and and like erased her memories and kind of reprogrammed her stepford wives style and i was like okay this is interesting and then it got to that climax and i'm like cool and then it started there was still like an hour left of the movie in which it's like now you get to watch the girls win and her figure it out and the girls take over and kill the men and that's like and it was kind of just like very drawn out from there on for me and uh it it felt kind of so predictable from then on it was like okay this is just an intersectional feminist narrative that we're just gonna go along with and and i'm along for the ride but before that before that she tipped her hand and it was it was like okay we're creating this world there's this tension what's going on Mm -hmm. who's pulling the strings what's all the dynamics at play and then it was kind of like oh it's just kind of the same old feminism. Yeah, yeah that, that's why. That's why I would. I would agree with your seven. Your your seven score because mm-hmm. it, it's like it was an intriguing concept uh-huh. up until that moment where they revealed like, oh, it's it's this metaverse essentially that yeah. masculine made metaverse, um, and it would have been far more intriguing had the stakes been real. Um, yeah, you you could potentially die in that metaverse, mm-hmm. meaning you would die in the real world. But if there was an actual community or cult and compound that was made, I feel like that would just raise the stakes so much more um, than escaping just this uh, this virtual bind that men have on you. And I, right. there was so much symbolism, too, throughout the movie of like the iris and eyes opening and, and awakening. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know... Uh, it was it was like this call to women to like open your eyes because this is this is the world that you're currently living into living in and you need to break out of it. Yeah, the movie leaves so many things unexplained and uh, I think just expects you to go, oh yeah, well, it just makes sense. 
Just yeah, makes sense the, that you left that unexplained. Yeah, like the rules of like if the men die in the dream world, then they die in real life, but the women don't. But she has to escape at the end, and she can't kill herself to escape. She has to like go in this elaborate chasing that takes forever. Forever, guys. And, yeah, and then forever. There's multiple moments where it's like, like you said, uh, when she kills her husband, mm-hmm. and then. Five seconds later, she's like walking out and being like, I wonder what happened to like, did all the other women yeah. know? Or like she's like having all these conscious thought. thoughts. Right. right. After she's- you know, like when you're watching Jurassic Park and the people just stare at the dinosaur yeah. and you're like, run, you're an idiot. And this is not real life. This is clearly just a movie like you would be running. It's like she makes she comes to this realization and then just sits in the realization for like 10 yeah, minutes. Or like at the at the dinner table scene that's in that's in the uh, preview, you have Chris Pine who kind of makes the allegation that like. Like, I shared my bedroom with you or whatever. And that's not at all what happened. We saw what happened. Mm-hmm. And instead of like defending herself or saying what anyone would say, she's like, just kind of lets it go. Right. It's, like, well, no, that's, it's just unbelievable dialogue. Like no one would behave like that. You'd be yeah. like, no, dude, like that, that's, that, that never happened. She doesn't even deny it. And it was like, we all saw that it didn't happen. So you, just, just say the truth. Yeah. You have to suspend your disbelief a little bit uh, to watch this movie. Uh, it's just, just kind of bad through. writing, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah, like yeah. even, even in the real world, if you think about it, it's like, okay, well if the man, if, if Jack or Harry didn't have a job, mm-hmm. how is it that he paid for, this device and also continue <laughs> paying for this device while she was stuck in this world like how how long can that go for i think What's the end game here's my i think i think i figured that one out it's them heading to the headquarters every morning to go to work is them actually eg- exiting the sim to mm-hmm. work to pay for the sim yeah i, can I see think that. but again i don't know that they explain that in the movie or i don't maybe they did and i just forgot but there's so many things that are left unexplained like, yeah. literally, why do men die and die in real life, but the women don't? And if they don't, like, if I found that out, I would just I would just kill myself and wake up from the sim. But she doesn't think to do that. She just has to escape in, I don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess. It is. It was kind of like we got our overarching point in here, and that was what was most important. Yep. And we don't really have to tie up all the loose ends or do writing very good. Yeah. Um, it's just... Hey, we said what we wanted to say. And that's my biggest takeaway from the movie. It feels like Olivia Wilde kind of just misses the entire point Mm -hmm. um, in that Jordan Peterson is not someone who's wanting to return to 1950s era rigid gender roles. He's just saying there's chaos and there's order traditionally um, in uh, sort of mythological terms. Chaos is associated with the female um, orders associated with the the man. Mm -hmm. Um, And we need to return. His argument is we need to return uh, to balance because we live in a hyper feminized world right now. Dennis Prager got into a bit of trouble um, talking about this uh, where he talked about how women are doing more damage to society right now because of this coddling culture, because we have the chaos of confusion about gender, confusion about identity in our society right now. And, and no one is willing to impose any sort of rigid rules. Why, why can that, uh, Canada saying that this, uh, shopkeep teacher, the shop teacher with mm-hmm. the giant fake prosthetic mm-hmm. boobs, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And we have no boundaries and no order for anything. And Jordan Peterson's just like, guys, they're, you know, calling back to a time where, Hey, some boundaries are okay. Some, yeah. uh, objective truth or, you know, some, Things that we can learn, wisdom from the past, wisdom from history, wisdom from religion, we can apply those in modern times. It's not saying we need to go back to the Neanderthal age, uh, but it it just means we should have some balance because we're out of balance now. And it's not that men are inherently better than women or should be in charge or uh, or that women because the answer that the movie has and that modern feminism has to uh, 
to that is to say is to put women in charge and if we are stabbing the people who are in control and we take over it's okay if we break all those rules it's not about having a rigid uh, a a set of values that we all adhere to and agree on hey it's Mm -hmm. bad to commit violence it's bad to impress other people it's just now it's no that the girls are in charge and now we can impose whatever we want to impose and it's like you Okay, have fun. Yeah, some right. wrong some wrong was done and it's the same logic with like when you think about how the left deals with race and and uh, the, the sin of slavery. It's it's now we just flip it around and it, yep. it, it it's not actually trying to get us back to a place of neutrality mm-hmm. um and governed by principles and values that we all agree on. It's you guys screwed us over. Nope, had the same message and now yeah. we're the ones in control and yep. we get to impose our way and it's just like that's not progress. I'm sorry. It's not. In all these movies, they just become so I was sitting in the theater like I know how this ends. I know how this ends. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know how it ends by the time you're like five minutes into the movie because that's how how all films are made in the modern day now because they're all injected with this sort of ideology. There's no way you're making a film where the subjugated women don't win. There's no place where you're making a film uh, where the villain is not a white male. And and like you can go through some of the major films that have been made in the past, like what, like even the past handful of years, past five years. And it's like, OK, white male villain. We got to throw a female in there that's being subjugated, but she's triumphant by the end. Throw some pepper, some people of color in there or just make the movie all people of color and make sure they're triumphant by the end because we have to flip on a flip off these different tropes and everything. It's just like utterly predictable to where like i know i'm not going to get a twist in this yeah and that's why it's like that's the win for them oh we we put a person of this skin color to win and mm-hmm. that is the victory. That is the message that we, that's all, that's as deep as we need to go. And it's literally skin deep. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these narratives are like, oh, the women won. So, and they were the, they were smart and could do no wrong. And so that's the message that we need to send because we need to subvert this old narrative. And it's like, A, that's not interesting. And B, you're j- it's, it's not, it's not reality. Like we, people right. watching have real lives and there were actually like have to contend with a real world where you you have to negotiate your existence with other people and uh, you have real relationships and all this stuff and like framing everything as though this is how people behave and as though this is just how you correct wrongs or anything like that. It's just it, it just leads us further into delusion. And I think that's why it's it's appropriate for you to say this is a feminist fever dream because yep. and in a way that's a metaphor for how society is right now, because mainstream media, all, uh, academia, Hollywood just enforces this narrative that you're oppressed by this oppressive patriarchy. And it's trying to just keep us all imprisoned in this <laughs> virtual reality that they're yeah. imposing on us. Yeah, and I love how they gave the, they gave the face of uh, masculinity and that that cage as like it was. It's very eloquent. It's conniving. It's like un, mm. it's 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 interesting and intriguing and like it'll it'll bring in the quote unquote weak men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like this movie was also like a a calling to call them beta males, mm-hmm. um, being like, hey, wake up! Like, don't fall into this trap of listening to someone like a Jordan Peterson or this kind of message of you know go on your own journey. Like, we need to literally the bus driver in the in the movie was like, we need to stay here where it's safe in this community, in this yeah. compound, in this way of thinking. Yeah. Um, and it's like it was as though she was trying to shine a light and say like, oh, these are what the, this is what everybody who's against this message of wokeness or femininity, they're scared. They're scared because it takes true courage to go out into the desert and find yourself like Florence did. Like, uh, I forget the, um, uh, the black actress, Mar- Margaret, actress, Ma- yeah. Margaret, yeah, did at the beginning. So it's, it, it's a strange message to, 
to even those beta men. Yeah, just, yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, it's basically the message to men in this is like, if you are a man who's in an undesirable life and you just stay in that life and don't do anything about it and uh, certainly don't listen to another man who's telling you you can be masculine or you can find something else. Yeah, all, all in all. Yeah. Bad messaging on this movie. Movies here. like this and messaging from this, like this, in our culture, is why we have not why we've left Jordan Peterson behind and are onto the Andrew Tates. And you're not gonna, you're not stamping out this. You know, you're just perpetuating the problem where you're not giving masculinity its proper place, and you're trying to shove it down in a corner and say you're not allowed to be a man, you're not allowed to live into your nature or contend with it or overcome it. Like, give me a story where you have to, where a man has to contend with his own nature that mm -hmm. wants to be too aggressive or wants to be violent or whatever and then subjugates that and earns the affection of a woman because of that like that's a yeah. classic story and that is consistent with the real lives that we live but when it's just this you know you've had your chance as a man historically and you guys have always had the power and now it's our turn so sit down shut up that's not going to foster a functional society it's just going to foster resentment and dysfunction there we go. And those are our thoughts mm -hmm. on, on Don't Worry Darling. We could talk about this more in, more in depth because there's so many characters we didn't get to and so many different storylines we did not talk about. But those are our general thoughts on it. Uh, let us know if you go and check out the film. Let us know what your thoughts are when you do see it. Were we right? Were we wrong? Is there something that you agree, disagree on? Let me know down in the comments below. Now we're going to get to... Anna Kasparian, The Young Turks, and Dennis Prager. Let me get into a little bit of our, our history here. So The Young Turks is a famously, I don't know if I can call them famous, uh, is a left-leaning channel on uh, the internet um, headed by Anna Kasparian and Shank Uger. And Anna Kasparian very much dislikes PragerU, and she's made that abundantly clear. She actually ended up tweeting out some, some tweets about crime and uh, the problem of crime in America, which is an issue that we agree on. And we reached out to Anna Kasparian and said, hey, I know we're on different sides of the aisle. Would you like to come on the show and have a talk about crime? Because I feel like it's, it'd be good to see two women who disagree uh, find some agreements on these things. She, instead of responding to the message, went on the Young Turks and said, Prager, you reached out to me and I cannot believe they would even think I would go on their show. Doesn't matter how much money you paid me, I wouldn't be on Prager You. Like, and she's like, I don't want to be your friends, Prager You, is what she said in this video. Yeah, it's like we didn't offer any money. We were just like, hey, we, we want to create civil discourse around this topic and we seem to agree here. We can talk about where we agree, where we disagree. And it was like, yeah. how, how dare it's you? It's like a little chihuahua coming yeah. at me. Um, and we ended up having to just like show the screenshots, be like, yo, dude, we gave you a totally nice response of like asking you to come on the show and this is your weird twisted reaction to being invited to have a civil discussion. Anyways, she also famously hates Dennis Prager and uh, finally Dennis has been able to be on the Young Turks and actually have a debate I put that in air quotes because I, I doubt any of us will find this to be a debate once we end up watching this, but a debate with Dennis Prager. And let's react to that video. To any left-wing columnist on the New York Times to debate me anywhere they want, they could choose the moderator, they could choose the audience, hmm. and serious money. Joining us now is Dennis Prager, the man you just saw in that video. And Dennis, uh, I guess you could call TYT a cinnamon because uh, we don't want you to ache. We want to make sure we give you an opportunity to feel good uh, by debating well, someone I, on the left. Funny, I, I was thinking if only you were a New York Times columnist, how much money you'd be making now. <laughs> well, I'm a little more honest than a New York Times columnist. So uh, this will be is she though? Anyways, a great conversation. Thank you for doing it. So I wanted Thank to- Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So I wanted to just kind of start off with, 
I guess disagreeing with the notion that the left is afraid to have these kinds of discussions or debates. In fact, you had tweeted that video that we started this conversation with and there were a lot of responses from prominent individuals on the left. I wanna give you a few examples, starting with Vosh, who's a big Twitch streamer. He's got a big YouTube channel as well. He says, you couldn't be more wrong. I love spirited debate in the free marketplace of ideas. He even provided his email and would love to have that conversation with you. My good friend Ben Burgess also responded, he's a great guy. He says, hi Dennis, I'd be delighted to chat with you either on my show or you could host it through PragerU or I'm sure Modern Day Debate or some other neutral platform would be happy to host it. It's so interesting that we start off with this subject because Dennis is on your platform to debate you. And while he's on your platform ready to debate you, you start off by saying, well, Dennis, you say that nobody wants to debate you. And here's some evidence of people who want to debate you when he's on your platform to talk the issues. He's right there sitting in front of you. Get into the issues and talk about it. But no, she goes on with this for a little while. We're going to skip and let Dennis respond. Oh, I have no doubt that there are a lot of people on the left. The the issue that I raised was people at the New York Times and people like you, for the, for example, you pleasantly surprised me by doing this, to be perfectly honest. And by the way, I think proof of my theory is a piece that I read on some left wing or progressive site just today about how angry many of your viewers are that you're having me on. Whereas I will tell you, I would get no such feedback from the right if I had a left a left wing person on my show. They would be thrilled. So uh, I, I still stand by my belief that in general, uh, the people certainly in the higher echelons of the left don't want to debate. But it's, it's, you know, it's probably not worth debating whether there would be such a debate. I presume we're having one now. Yes. And yeah. Thank you for making the point, Dennis, because it just seems so like a ridiculous, too. so graciously too. And you'll find that throughout this entire uh, debate, we might not watch the whole thing, but you guys can go through. Dennis makes several, time, several times goes, oh, well, I think you're right about that. You know, I, I actually agree with you there. Or I think it's very nice that you brought me on the show to talk to you. Does she make one single charitable point towards Dennis? Oh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't recall one. No. Yes. Uh, I'm glad we are. Well, look, uh, the left isn't a monolith. There's a lot of disagreement on the left. Uh, there's certainly a lot of disagreement on things that I say on this show on various issues. Even when it comes to crime, I'm sure you've noticed some of the backlash I've received in that regard as well. However, nope. I will say there is a reason why the right wing tends to be more open to having these kinds of discussions and debates and the left wing gets a little uneasy about it. And it's because there has been this prevalence of prominent figures who identify as the left, right, or on the left, who then later start to, you know, cozy up to right wing figure. Oh, pause. So you're admitting what Dennis said was true, that the left is is less uh, less ready to get into a debate with other people. That's what she just said in the statement, even though she was denying it like two seconds ago. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's contradiction number one. Yes. Contradiction. Let's keep going. Do we need like a little point counter? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drinking game, guys. Ugh. And then it turns out that they completely move to the right wing because they're essentially paid to do it. They're used <laughs> as tools by the right wing to essentially spew right wing talking points while purporting to still be on the left. In fact, Dave Rubin's a great example of that. Dave Rubin used to work with us. He identified as someone on the left. Oh, he, they, they, yeah, go ahead. Forgive me. 
Anna Kasparian has never heard of somebody changing their mind in her life. <laughs> Here, let me uh, hand you a few more dollars to keep talking for us. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm taking my uh, my oil oil great. fracking. What is it? My fracking, fracking money? billionaire money. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Rubin made a video for PragerU why I left the left. Oh, I know. I, I he, he does not, in fact, state to the world that he's still on the left. <gasps> what is he I, saying? I don't know who you. Ding. Contradiction number two. She just said that that David Dave was pretending to be a leftist while espousing conservative beliefs. And Dennis goes, he made a video called "Why the Why I Left the Left." I know. Yeah, and if you're interested, in, if you want to talk about Dave Rubin, I mean, we have the the perfect video coming out next week where Dave reacts to his old Red Pill video with Larry Elder, mm-hmm. and. In that video, he he is walking you through his thought process. He's like, yeah, going into this, I was a liberal, and I, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but he's basically like got him. He had experienced cognitive dissonance after being caught in a lie, and he didn't have to publish that video of him looking bad. By the way, it was a yep. negative for his career that he put that out there at that time. But he had enough integrity as a person and as a journalist, which is kind of the kernel of and he'll say this, and Larry said it too, of of why he uh, was led to his transformation is because he had that integrity as a person and and was more couldn't ignore facts. Right, right, and it's just like when when you are tripping over yourself to be right or to win in a debate which is clearly the energy she's giving off right here and you can tell in the body language you can tell she's sort of chomping at the bit to jump at him a little bit while Dennis is sitting there like letting her respond and when you have those two energies you're going to contradict yourself she's like jumping to contradict herself because she's just so ready to get a win on Dennis and in my opinion it doesn't happen you guys can let us know by the end of this if you think it did you have in mind so I, I can only address the one name that you gave Dave Rubin acknowledges he's not on the left it's interesting because if I recall correctly, you had a conversation with Dave Rubin and how incredibly important it was that he was engaging in these discussions with you, discussions with the right wing. And you stated something very specific. I actually wanna to go to that video and I wanna get your thoughts. Maybe you can elaborate so on what you meant in this video. Let's watch. I oh my oh. gosh, YouTube ads, this is how they get you every time. It's capitalism, baby. I want you to continue to say you're, you're a liberal because you're yeah. you're of great use uh, to to good values. Well, don't worry, I'm not doing it for my, for your use no, of me. I'm doing that. I'm doing I it know. for myself. No, no, you. no, no. Yeah. It's like Christians who say to me, you know, oh, we would love you to come to Christ, but you are so valuable to us as a Jew when you defend us Christians. Yeah. And they're right. You are valuable in the best sense of the word because. The America needs people who are clearly a, 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 a liberal and who, and to be honest, and fall into the category of kosher as gay yeah. to say, hey, hello, the conservatives are not hate mongers. Hello, they should be heard. And maybe every so often you should read National Review right. or watch a PragerU mm. video. Wow, it's almost like Dennis is absolutely right with what he just said. Yeah, it's, like, it's almost like it's a really powerful thing to be from an identity group that uh, leftists try to use uh, against conservatives and go, hey, the conservatives are pretty cool. It's almost like that's what is needed, but but only because of the environment that leftism has created. Like right. it shouldn't be necessary for me looking like myself to be the one who talks about race and from a conservative perspective, but leftists have created that environment where it takes somebody like me to say the things that I say to be listened to. So- and also she said herself, the left's not a monolith, but in the same breath, it's like, but anyone who expresses any conservative sympathies is a shill or a spy. Right. 
They're taking that sweet, sweet fracking money. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Prager, you can understand why members of the left would feel a little uneasy when. <laughs> also, pause. I love how it's just like. Dennis is going on this platform and it's just Anna Kasparian bringing up everything she's ever disagreed with him on and being like, defend yourself, Dennis. Defend yourself, Dennis. Dennis, I in fact have an old video of you at five years old pushing over another kid on the playground. Can you defend this action, Dennis? It's literally what this entire video is. These discussions take place because usually it's a sign that someone on the left got lured in with uh, some billionaire cash like Dave Rubin did. Oh, okay. Well. See, well, that's an unfair statement. I, I don't accuse people on the left of having their positions because of money. And I don't think you should do that with regard to conservatives. Uh, Alan Dershowitz is, as, is not a right winger, but Alan Dershowitz has said to me, uh, this Harvard professor is very well known. He's lost all his friends because he, he defended Donald Trump in court. He didn't even vote for Donald Trump, just merely defending his, his right to have a defense was enough for him to lose his friends. The, the assumption on the left is that if you're a conservative, you're a despicable human being. And th this is a perfect example. The only reason Dave Rubin would have done it was, was for money. I, I don't know anybody on my side of the spectrum who holds their positions because of money. Uh, there's a hell of a lot more money on the left anyway. Really? If you wanna get really? money. Really? Oh, yep, really. How is yeah, Prager who, you who funded? The Washington Post. How is Prager you funded? That's like turning around and be like, how, who funds the Young Turks? Who funds CNN and MSNBC? And who owns Apple? And who owns Twitter? And who owns Instagram? And who owns YouTube and Google? And all these other entities that are clearly left leaning. And going, really? 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 Uh, we, we, you don't have money? It's ridiculous to think that left-leaning people don't have money. Even if you function on the assumption that conservatives are the 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 world makers and and they're the ones who are truly you know the puppeteers and making everything happen, even if that were the case and that were the world that we were living in, the the alternative to conservatives being leftists, they would still have money. You represent fifty percent of the United States population, and you think that fifty percent doesn't own any money, and isn't really significant in places like Silicon Valley, where most of the world's money is being held. Just come on now. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's convenient to be able to say to attribute um, financial incentive as Dave Rubin's motive, because then you don't have to contend with uh, the arguments that made him change his mind. Mm -hmm. You know, and you don't have to contend with the uh, cognitive dissonance of thinking that somebody who thought just like me that I thought I agreed with that I trusted that was on my side has changed their mind. I don't have to contend with why I can just say they're doing it for money. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that that settles the argument. And it's it's basically an, an ad hominem against that idea because you're, you're attacking his yep. character and saying and disparaging him as a shill instead of contending with his argument. And, and that's just uh, a, a very elementary fallacy in argumentation. So if you're inviting someone to a debate and your your biggest example that you have is immediately to point to someone, well, they changed their mind and it's because of money. You're attributing motives to someone instead of just con contending with ideas, which is what Dennis is there for. You can tell as right. he's speaking, he's speaking he's extemporaneously. So he's he's using his thoughts. He's not, you know, he's, he's pre very present in the conversation. And it feels like she's going to talking points and pre-prepared lines of attack and just yeah. hoping one of them sticks. Right. She's like, this one didn't get him on to the next one. This one didn't get him. On to the next one, on to the next one. But she has more integrity than the New York Times people. Post <laughs> by, by, by people on the internet and by wealthy donors. 
But Prager, Prager, Prager U does is is pittance compared to the money that is available just to BLM. Why much? How much money was given to Black Lives Matter? Uh, by the Ford Not by billionaire the donors. They Trump. certainly received quite a bit of money oh. from individ individuals who no, wanted no, to donate they, they to that cause. How delusional do you have to be to think that there are not left-leaning billionaires who are funding their own ideology in this country? Like, really, come on. Really, come on. For every uh, right-wing conservative billionaire who's funding other people's campaigns or funding media outlets or whatever, you you name it. There is a billionaire doing the same for endeavors on the left. Just take a look at, at Bill Gates and the different uh, amounts of money that he gives to to media or his own endeavors or his pathway to equitable math instruction that says two plus two is four is, is white supremacy. Look at how much money that man has and where the money's going. It's unbelievable. Okay. But if you think there's a lot of money on the left, I mean, you would be mistaken. But there I do want to move off oh, this because there are actual wait, wait, topics, wait, 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 issues that are worth why. discussing. The, the richest, the richest zip codes vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. The wealth today in America is 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 disproportionately for uh, on behalf of Democrats and the left wing. That's either a fact or not. Anybody <laughs> could look it up. I don't know how he stays so calm. I literally don't. I, I don't understand. It would be. He's done this a few times. Oh my gosh! It would take so much labor for me to stay calm when this woman. And you can listen. She's not. She's not listening. She's not. She's. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. When can I get my next point in? When can I interrupt you and put my next point in? There's a difference between voters in wealthy parts of the country and who, who ends up serving as donors, both for politicians, corporate politicians, of course, and for right-wing media. If you think left-wing media okay. has major billionaire donors, again, you'd sadly be mistaken. But the information She's regarding lying. Prager U, which by the way, hey. you're listed as an organization that's tax exempt, correct? And you're not supposed to be talking about political issues. but. Last time I checked, PragerU talks about a lot of political issues. <laughs> the amount of confusion. You know, what, what's my saying? It's the confidence for me. It's the confidence and the gall that you have to be just lying in the words that you're saying and directly face to the camera. And then to walk away thinking that you've you've won the encounter is just mind blowing to me. Uh, and, and Dennis will explain this answer. I'm not gonna get into to PragerU's funding and what we're able to talk about because he explains it perfectly. Well, then you haven't checked in a long time. Uh, for example, we we never did a single video on Donald Trump, and that's not exactly political. Uh, we just did a uh, uh, we put out a video a week, so we have 500 videos out about, and uh, uh, we just put out one on Millard Fillmore. If you consider that political, Riveting. most people never heard of it. We're doing every single. So we proved to you that we're not doing it. And she's like riveting. Oh, so, she, I thought you said that. No, 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 <laughs> she, she said riveting. Oh, so it's like, oh no, Anna, we're actually not making political videos. Here's what our here's what our videos are about, riveting. It's She's just there to hate on whatever it is that you say. It doesn't matter. You're not gonna make a point with her. You're not gonna get her to, to come at you with a balanced response to what you're saying. Because like in her previous videos, she stated, I think PragerU is you know full of garbage. They're garbage human beings or whatever it is that she said. I don't know the direct quote. But if you're coming into a conversation with somebody already believing that about them, what is your incentive to listen to what they have to say? Yeah, and she's she's demonstrated a willingness to lie, commit logical fallacies, and play dumb and pretend like she doesn't know that any billionaires fund anything on the left mm -hmm. um, in order to 
score points in what she clearly views as like a sparring match and not an actual uh, intelligent debate and exchange yeah. of ideas. There's no effort to actually understand where he's coming from at any point in this. At all. Yeah, it, it was like, it, like you were saying earlier, she devolved into ad hominems and now this just juvenile, oh, riveting sort of riveting. comment. It's just like, come on, that's <laughs> derailing an actual genuine conversation that you guys are trying to have, or at least Dennis yeah. is trying to have. She's pretending to try to have. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, president, many of our videos, probably at least half, are purely educational. So to tell you about every president, for example, Democrat or Republican, by some noted historian, uh, it's a caricature of, of PragerU uh, for you to say that we are largely political. PragerU describes itself as conservative. Like it's a yes, conservative take, conservative, which okay. by the nature of it being conservative. Tell her Dennis. Well, it's policy. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how he explains this. Sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, it is political. Yeah. But listen, it is what it is. No, no, I, no, I do wait, want to wait, move on wait, to wait, other issues wait, because there are actual know, political issues make, wait, that you're here to discuss. With all, you can't make a point and then not let me respond. Okay, go ahead. Yes, you can be conservative, for example, socially and not specifically. Po politically generally means vote Republican. We don't tell people to vote anyway in any in any direction. But yes, we do believe that America is the finest country ever founded. If that makes us political, we're political. Pause there. And you know, just to get a little bit deeper into this and into uh, this argument that a lot of people like to make regarding PragerU, you have nonprofit organizations, right? You have all, I'll even give you a little bit more in depth. You have 501c3 nonprofit organizations, you have 501c4 nonprofit organizations. 501c3 organizations cannot tell you how to vote. They don't talk about Dems versus Republicans. They don't tell you how you should view certain legislation. They don't tell you what party you should be a member of because we are simply not allowed to do that. And all of those things fall under the umbrella of what? Politics. Although I'm not sure Anna Kasparian knew that, uh, which is exactly why we don't talk politics here at PragerU. We talk values. So I want to move on to other statements you've made, other issues. You know, you do focus on culture war related issues, uh, your distaste, hatred for secularism. I want to start off without putting words in your mouth, to show a video of something you said just yesterday on the uh, Dennis Prager <laughs> show that I thought was fascinating. So let's take a look at that and we'll discuss. The computer sticker phenomenon is crazy. It was actually one of the My biggest- My girl Julie. What does, mean? what does that mean? On your computer right here, people, instead of just having a, a blank Oh, back, I see, they would so messages. On, yes, it would either and be- And what was the common message? I heart women or um, just the, the female sign, you know, the circle and Wait, the Wait, I heart women on a woman's computer? Yes. All of this is proof to me that women need men. These women are manless. They may have hookups, but they're manless. And it, they might have been fatherless too. Ending with my generation, I would say in ending with the, the baby boomers, but on certainly through then, a young woman thought a lot about, do I have a boyfriend? Mm -hmm. What will my wedding be like? What will I wear? Who will be there? Who will the guy be? That is... That, I believe, is healthy and normal for a young woman. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. That has been knocked out by, by the, the feminist left. And if you think about it, you're, you're, you're a weak female.
So fascinating statements there. Uh, you seem to believe that women so who love themselves, who love women, who feel confident about being women, tend to be manless and lonely. Do you genuinely think that? Do you think I'm manless well, and lonely? I, I, I think I women that, rock. I said that in general, women. Do you do you really think women rock? Do you think there are bad women, Anna Kasparian? Do you think there are women who totally don't rock? Because there are. And to look at a group of people and go, because you're a woman or because you're a man or because you're anything, you rock or you're cool or I support you, would just be wrong on its face. It's it's an incorrect statement. I don't look at other black people and go, you rock, dude. I don't have on my laptop, I love black people, even though that's totally fine to say. Much like Taylor doesn't have on his laptop, I love white men. Because that'd be a little weird. I think we'd like turn our nose up at somebody who did that. <clears throat> also because it would be false. Anyways. Need men, and I've said a thousand times that in general, men need women. The fact that that's controversial is a statement about what's happened to our culture. But you got triggered by a story about women who triggered? had he's so He was so triggered in that. You know, Dennis is turning red, he's fuming, he's foaming at the mouth, there's steam coming out of his ears. Yes, the he person was... triggered in this video is definitely on <laughs> yeah. the left side of your screen. Yeah. <laughs> Stickers that just say positive things about women. You immediately, your well, mind immediately I went to, they might have daddy issues and they're lonely, they need men. I want to yeah. understand your thinking. Like, okay. what? How do you, you get to that, that. conclusion? Uh, it's, it's. If you had a heterosexual man, with ninety-seven percent of men are heterosexual, with a sticker "I love men," you you would you would wonder why? Why don't men have stickers "I love men"? But you think it's perfectly normal and and a non-issue that women would have stickers "I love women." What what is the point of of saying that? It is worthy of a question. What? And I don't think that 50 years ago this would have been. Obviously, there were no laptops then, but I don't think it would have been a common sentiment. I don't understand why women would need to announce "I love women" if they're not a gay woman. You tell me. I'm curious. What is? What does yeah. that signify? Well, I mean, listen. As an individual who values free speech and freedom of expression. I think that women and men can have whatever laptop stickers they want. Did he make an argument for policing people's laptop stickers? Because I missed it, if that's what he said. Anyways, And uh, the reason why there is a difference between men and women in regard to those laptop stickers is because, I mean, when you really think about it, women didn't have the right to vote for How a very long time. <laughs> women didn't even have the ability. It's oppression. Your, your, sticker, your sticker on your laptop is a sign of how oppressed you are. What it comes down the to. The sticker on my MacBook Pro is a sign of my oppression. And that my life's meaning and happiness is tied up in fighting this said oppression. Yeah. You know, when I'm I see a 16-year-old a girl with an I Love Women sticker on her MacBook Pro sitting in Starbucks drinking her $15 venti coffee, I think oppression. I think <laughs> historical oppression, and I think this is a win for women. Women just got the right to vote, Amala. <sighs> Been, it's only been about a hundred years. <laughs> it's basically yesterday. sexual revolution only happened like fifty years ago. You're so. right. It feels it actually feels really near and dear. That feels like it was yesterday. To apply for a credit card until the 1970s, there have been equality issues when it comes to men and women. Now we're we're getting a lot better, that's for sure. But first of all, I don't agree that women have laptop stickers that just simply say "I love women." It's probably some sort okay. of 
You don't agree that that exists? I'm so confused. Yeah, Did now, she say uh, I don't agree? Now, now, the argument is that I don't agree that the laptop stickers even exist. Yeah, apparently the girl was a liar on the video that you just watched. Right. She, she was just telling a lie just to start a conversation so Dennis could get triggered. Right. It's like the gender theory thing. It's like, absolutely, I, I that's not even happening in schools. Right. It's not even happening. Because I don't want to defend the fact that it's wrong. I, I just want to say that it's not happening. That's Powering statement for I, women. I but that. that doesn't mean, that doesn't translate to, oh, I'm a lonely, manless person. Well, and I should enough. go back to the good old days when women sat around <laughs> so thinking exasperated. about whether or not they're going to find a husband and get married. You seem well, to why, push why you, your okay, values you, and your you views disparity? on relationships onto other people. And Does, is expressing your views on a podcast pushing your views on other people? It's they have the choice to listen or not. I know you have you can listen to him and go. I disagree with everything you just said, and also I don't care about what you just said. He's not pushing them on anybody. Yeah, he even started to say, "I'm I'm allowed to give my opinion on things." That's she appealed to free speech in the first place uh, to defend right. the, the existence of the stickers, but he's not allowed to use his free speech to criticize them. Dennis does it's exactly. Dennis does exactly what Jack did, and don't worry, darling. He like kidnaps women and folds their <laughs> eyes open to watch his five minute videos. <laughs> What I'm trying to get you to understand is rather than making generalizations about what's best for women, maybe allow women, allow people to live their lives as they see fit, have a belief system right. as they so, see fit. Okay. Why do you feel the so need have, to force your beliefs onto other people? Well, Go ahead. Well, first of all, okay, I don't understand the word force. I the, mean, the fact that you think that if I offer my opinion, I'm forcing people to adopt it is a bit odd. You don't believe that America I, should be secular, so what does wait, that wait, mean? Wait, 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 wait. It's also an opinion. L let me finish that point. Sure, go ahead. I believe that I have the right, as you do, to offer people thoughts on what might be a better and happier life for them. I've written a book on happiness, which which uh, has touched a lot of lives if one wants to read the reviews on Amazon. I believe, again, that in general, of course, every generalization has exceptions. Most women will have a better and happier life with a good man. And most men will have a happier and better life with a good woman. I don't know why that is controversial to state. All I know is that having adopted- Pause. So he, there, there, and there is evidence to, to support that women are happier when they lead lifestyles like this. And that's very clearly what he's trying to, to communicate to, to Anna Kasparian. But just the refusal to listen. And I, to flip it on his head, I, I wish Dennis had been like, so Anna Kasparian, when you go on the Young Turks and give your opinion, are you forcing your opinion on other people? Because they have the exact same job. And that should be abundantly clear uh, in the fact that she's interviewing him on her show right now. They have the exact same job. So is what she's doing any different than what Dennis is doing? No, it's really not. The view that career is more important than marriage has led to more depressed women than anything that preceded it. There are more young women today depressed than at any time in American history. This is in the New York Times, this is not from a right wing source. I think feminism has made women more miserable than happy. So I'm gonna address that in just a second, but I want to address what you said prior to that very quickly. So listen, I don't have a problem with someone saying women are likely to be happier in life if they find a partner to share their life with. I don't think that that's a controversial statement. What is controversial is you seeming to imply that feeling confident 
are supportive toward women and being happy, single or in a relationship, that it's mutually exclusive. Like you can't be supportive of women pause let's go back to the sticker thing right let's let's put ourselves in the situation in in the headspace of a young woman who buys a sticker that says i love women even though it's such a ridiculous conversation to be having we're talking about laptop laptop stickers which goes to show how hard it is for anna kasparian to find bad clips of dennis if she has to go and get a clip of him talking about laptop stickers anyways i'm a young woman who goes to target and i buy an i love women sticker I slap it on my my laptop or a bumper sticker on my car. What does that say about me as a person? First of all, it says that I'm delusional. I don't know, you should make that really clear because you can't love all women. Some women are nasty and horrible. You might think I'm a nasty, horrible woman, but guess what? That would be a proof of my statement. You don't, nobody loves all women. It, it's, it's not true. And in, in that, that, that sticker, what else does that communicate? It also communicates that you might have some delusional takes on men. If you feel the need to just, in an outburst of the world on your laptop, say, I love women. Here's the women's sign in case you didn't know I was a female. It communicates those characteristics about yourself and intentionally so. Women don't buy that to be like, oh, I'm a woman who supports women. They do it to, to virtue signal and say, look at me, I love women and I'm a feminist. It's, it's what they do. Uh, and what other ideas often go are coupled with those modern day feminist ideals? Ideas of toxic masculinity, the idea of I don't need no man, the ideal of, you know, I'm going to work in my career and we'll, we'll focus on having a family or having a man later. These things can go hand in hand. So making that observation and stating that opinion is not some crazy wackadoodle thing to say. It's pretty clear. And have a happy life. Like the weird connection that you tried to make there makes no sense. What was the final well, thing that are, you said? Are we speaking about the the, the depression among yes. women in today's time? That's yeah. a great point. And you know what? That's right. Uh, there's actually increasing rates of depression and anxiety among men and women. I think that's important to point out. And you are concluding that it's because of, I, I guess, the breakdown of the traditional family. Is that? And, that's people right. who I remain think it's a single. I think I think that the belief that many young women have that they they if they find a man that's a great thing, but the thing that will really bring them joy in life is career has has misled massive numbers of women into a less happy life. Career is not as terrific as the uh, the feminists portrayed it as being mm -hmm. the the joy available for most women with a good husband and making a family is not is incomparably more than from a career have you considered some of the economic issues within this country that don't really give women a choice as to whether or not they should yes. focus on Let's get into this, this whole uh, you, you need the double income, you need the man and the woman to work. Okay, yeah, totally. There are economic conditions that give way to, to that being the reality. He's talking about women who stand on a soapbox and go, you need to have a career and that's better than having children. In fact, don't have children because it's bad for you. It's bad for the environment. It's a sign of patriarchy, which is a, a very, very Marxist idea to have. Uh, he's talking about those women. Not women who go, oh man, I want to have kids, but we don't have enough income, and I got to go to work, and I had to, I got to have a career because I want to provide for myself, and I want to provide for my significant other. These are two very separate groups of women, and I'm sure you guys know that because you've met 
women from both of those groups. On a that, career? That's a very real issue. I fully acknowledge that. That if you Another don't charitable have a career to Dennis. fall back on and there's a divorce, uh, that, that you're entirely right. That is not the same thing as saying career is going to give you a great deal of meaning and happiness like a marriage will. Hilarious. You're entirely <laughs> right. Economically speaking, there is value in having a fallback career. I fully acknowledge that. But it goes, I'm going further than that because the idea that a family can live in a single income household today is laughable. That is incredibly difficult well, to do. And so while the right wing and you yourself seem to have this idea that, well, you know, women should focus on marriage, they should focus on building a family. First of all, you can't force anyone to do that, right? But let's say you want to <sighs> encourage women this to focus on that. Brain. You want to give them the choice, but you want to encourage them. A great way to encourage them is to create an economic system in which people feel comfortable knowing that they can survive on a single income household. I'm talking about when they're married, okay? Both individuals in a marriage have to work in order to be able to pay their rent, pay their mortgage, put food on the table. Not always true. For their children, educate their children. Wages have remained stagnant since the 1970s. Women don't have a choice as to whether or not they can work or whether or not they should just focus on raising children. They don't have the choice. That's the point I'm trying to make. Right, and we differ on that because the the reason that many women, not all, but perhaps most even, are, are working is not just economic, especially in the, certainly in the upper class, upper middle class, and even part of the middle class. It is because they believe that their self-worth derives more from work than it does from family. If a girl got up at a, in a high school or college class, let's say a, a professor or a teacher said, so uh, women, I mean, to the extent that they can now say that, because you can't say boys and girls in many elementary schools, <laughs> because we're told by your side that sex is not binary. But let's say they say, we'd like the women in this class, please stand up and tell us what your, your vision for your life is. If a girl got up in a college class and said, you know, to be honest, my greatest hope in life is for a good marriage and to make a family, she would be regarded as almost a freak. Would she? I mean, you, what is that based on? Yes, what evidence would. do you have to back that up? I, I live in the real world. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that response because there are some statements that you just get a pulse on society and culture for. And that would be one of those statements. You know, I, I know that if Taylor went out into the street and screamed the N-word, uh, things would not bode well for him. What evidence yeah. do you have? What studies have you read that suggest <laughs> yeah. that? What? Where's your what? data? <laughs> Show me the data that says he can't go out in the street and scream <laughs> the N-word. Um, I live in reality and I see what people are saying, thinking, and feeling. Yeah, it's, it's a common sense statement, but we don't live in a world of common sense anymore. So apparently you have to flesh that out with data. So crazy. Oh my gosh. Uh, there was, okay, and you believe that if a girl got up and said that, she would be regarded with the same respect as the girl who said, I'd, I'd like to be a physicist. I believe that most normal people are too busy thinking about how they need to survive and are less concerned about the aspirations of individuals in their classroom. Girl, what? I mean, like, 
You're sitting in 2022 in the United States of America on your own pseudo television show saying that most people are just focusing on surviving and they don't have the time to have cultural squabbles when your entire show is about cultural squabbles and politics. It is quite literally like the 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 entirety of the conversations that many of us are having here in the United States of America. And it's because a lot of us, not all of us, lead very cushy lives where we do get the privilege of being able to have these conversations. It's why we're sitting here and it's why, you know, nearly 700 of you on YouTube are watching this podcast right now. It's because, yeah, plenty of us have the time to talk about cultural issues that we're facing and give our opinions on them. We're not all sitting around like uh, hunter gatherers waiting on our next uh, bushel of berries. (laughs) room. And so if you have data backing up that women who want to be homemakers are persecuted in this country, I'd love to see that data. And I wouldn't agree with that persecution. You seem to imply that they're being victimized by wanting to be homemakers and I just don't buy it. Okay, fine. So good. This is a classic example of what I say on my radio show. I prefer clarity to agreement. You think that a girl who got up in a college class and said my my, my most fervent dream is to have a happy marriage and a family will be regarded with the same respect as a girl who said I would like to be a physician or a physicist. We differ. Perfect. Okay. All right. I, and again, if you have data backing up what you're saying, then I'm happy to admit well, what does I'm it wrong. Mean data? We, the teachers don't do this and, and then send it to a computer. So we, you're just declaring, you're declaring, you're making up stories about how women are no, treated no, no, in the classroom no, they, and we're just supposed to buy it? Okay. You, we're, we're each giving the perception of reality that we have. <laughs> Not every perception of reality has a database. Otherwise, you're, one is a functional moron if one cannot make conclusions about life without data. Oh my gosh. You know, huh, when you, it just gives a, Anna Kasparian for me just gives such a bad name for women in this line of work who are like supposed to be coming to debates with logic, like logical reasoning. You're supposed to set aside your emotions and debate with logic. And Dennis comes to the table with this calm, cool, serene, logical approach. And you'll find that that starts to change a little bit as she just continues to throw emotions at him. But to just set aside your logic for 30 minutes while you're debating this is a real travesty. It is, and it's kind of like you you end up um, proving the opposite point of the one you're trying to make, just like right. Olivia Wilde did in her movie. Yep. You just look like the, the exact caricature of what people have painted. And it's not a caricature anymore because you are quite literally living up to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there more? No. Oh, well, there's more. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's move on to uh, right-wing violence. Pause. Let's move on. I wish, and and Dennis is like held her feet to the fire for 30 minutes, so I can't tell Dennis what I wish he did or whatever. But I really wish there was a moment where we went, no, Anna, say right now that you think a woman in college who says, I want nothing more than to be a housewife who takes care of my kids is going to get the same respect as a woman who stands up and says, I want to be a physician. Say right now on the Young Turks, on video, that you think they would get the same amount of respect. And just wait. Because clearly she had some, some, a, a lot of hesitation surrounding stating that. And I wish he just got her to, to really sit in that uncomfortability for a moment so that people could really see she does not believe what she's saying. 
Following the <laughs> Buffalo supermarket shooting, which of course was inspired by a belief in a conspiracy theory that whites are being replaced with minorities in this country purposely to keep Democrats in power. You felt the need to kind of downplay right wing extremism in this country. And you said, quote, this man represents such an infinitesimally small segment of the white population. Now, while that statement might be literally true, I don't think that the white population in America mostly consists of domestic terrorists. So I agree with you on that. It seems like you kind of want to brush aside the very real problem we're having in this country with political violence, politically motivated violence. And I want to give you a few other examples. For instance, the Southern Poverty Law Center did a poll and found that seven out of 10 Republican voters believe in that white replacement conspiracy theory. Are you concerned about that at all? Pause. Uh, did Anna Kasparian do a segment on the Young Turks talking about the 18 year old who just got ran over by a car for being a Republican? Now, I don't know whether or not she did a segment on it. I'm just asking. You guys can uh, let me know if she if she talked about that because that's that's political violence that's happening that I'm sure she doesn't want to put a, a, a spotlight on. And as far as this poll that seven out of 10 Republicans or whatever believe in the, the replacement theory done by Southern Poverty Law Center. Guys, take a moment if you're even interested to go look up the Southern Poverty Law Center website and see uh, the ideas that they espouse. I had the privilege, I guess, of working closely with the Southern Poverty Law Center when I was a leftist working at my old, very radical organization. The Southern Poverty Law Center is obsessed with with white nationalists and neo-Nazis and thinks that America has been is running amok with with white supremacists everywhere. Now, is that a real pulse that you guys have on America? Is that what you're feeling? That there's neo-Nazis running around with, with swastikas all over the streets? Because that's what the Southern Poverty Law Center would tell you. They tell you it's a massive and extreme problem uh, here in the United States of America. So am I going to trust them on a poll of Americans about the replacement theory? Probably not. Right now we have had, I believe, 2 million illegal immigrants. And the Democratic president of the United States has opened our border. It, it was, there was attempt to close the border to illegal immigration. So I will ask you, and I mean this is not even as a challenge, I'm curious. Why do you think people on the left want millions of people to come in legally or illegally? Well, let's first discuss the inaccuracies in your statement. Number one, there is, there are legal means to immigrate into the United States. So for instance, the asylum seekers who are being used as political pawns, by people like uh, Texas Governor right. Greg Abbott, I'm not done, or Florida's <laughs> Governor Ron DeSantis. They came into this country seeking asylum, meaning they are here legally and they are awaiting mm. a federal judge, a, an immigration judge, okay. to make a decision so about their asylum status. You know what? I don't think, I honestly don't think I've heard a leftist make the point that the illegal immigration is actually legal before. Have you heard that? Recently, yeah, I've seen this this idea that because they are, we call them asylum seekers now, and that makes the manner in which they're entering the country without right. respecting the border is they're legal instead of being. When legal. we change language, 
That's what, what justifies what we're saying. And, you know, we, we went down to the border of California and Tijuana and actually talked to a former Border Patrol agent who is obviously in, in close network with everything that's happening at the border today. And to, to say that all of these people are asylum seekers and this is all happening through a legal process is complete and utter BS. I mean, if you take two seconds to go and look at, at Bill Malugan's page on, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, he's got clear documentation of people just walking straight across the border, right into yeah. the United States. Are they all being documented? Are they all being fingerprinted? Are they all being uh, being identified by the U.S. government? Of course not. Of course not. The Border Patrol agent that we were working with said he would have men clearly over the age of 18, 25, 30, whatever, saying, oh, I'm, I'm a 16-year-old boy and my name is this, just giving out a random name. Do they check you for papers? Do they check you for any identification of any sort? Or do they just let you into the country and say, come back in X amount of days for your court hearing? That's what they do. Uh, so to argue that this is all legal, my goodness. Yeah, and just lost in all this is the simple truth that redefining the, the, them as asylum seekers and the choice that's been made to do that yeah. has sent the message to the world that, hey, you, you make it to the border, you get right in. And you and you, yeah, you, we'll give you the paper and you come to the court day, say whatever you want, tell whatever story you want. But this is our policy now. And it's an open that is effectively an open borders policy by calling it uh, by characterizing them or treating them legally as asylum seekers. And what that's done is incentivize them by the hundreds and thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands to come. Yep. And uh, that that's why we have people pouring into this country. That's why we have a border crisis in the first place. Yep, it's exactly right. We're going to watch a little bit more of this before we close out today's show. Okay, so So the idea that the border is open and people are just pouring in illegally is inaccurate. (laughs) No, it is accurate. (laughs) No, it's inaccurate. So this is a perfect example of where we differ and there's no reconciling. Either you're right or I'm right. Either millions are coming in illegally, whom you are calling legal because they're all seeking asylum. Do I hear you correctly? We have a system in place for asylum seekers. So it's, are it's you really, are you so saying that we should do away with that system? And if you are saying that, then it would require members of Congress to pass legislation that reforms our immigration system. But <laughs> she doesn't I, mean, I think you'll agree it. with the statement, members of Congress have no interest in passing any legislation or engaging in any immigration reform. We have companies and businesses that are exploiting undocumented immigrants for cheap labor and they have no I, recourse, I that exists. Uh, but Let they love they love the theater. Members of Congress right. love the, the theater. For the record, I, I spit on corporations. They they are they are woke and and they are abusive of of labor at the same time. So you're not going to get any defense from me or any conservative of big corporations. We'll just pause there. Uh, there's a few more minutes to this video, which you guys can go check out if you want to go and watch the rest of it. But I think we we got the general gist of what happened on the Young Turks. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, what else is there to say? What else is there to say? Kudos to Dennis for um, not not only holding his own, but like holding his temper. Yes, because I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm I saying know. that right now. You got to give yourself credit because, I mean, your your viral videos, if you guys haven't seen of her going to uh, Winona State and having a bunch of angry people screaming at you and not listening to anything that you said, which, and you kept your cool. Which, by the way, let me mention this before we go to Super Chats, which I think there was only like one or two Super Chats anyways. Get them uh, in now, guys. I'm going to Winona State University on October 14th to give another speech at the school. And apparently, so this is the school that I got protested at. You guys can check out on our page. We have a full video of me confronting the protesters, trying to have a civil discussion with them and them just not wanting to do it whatsoever, but fully being willing to be there and protest. 
in that video, the protesters say, this is not a protest, it's a food drive. Even though we have signs talking about how you guys are hateful white supremacists and you have hateful ideology, this is a food drive, I promise, I promise. So apparently they found out when I'm coming back to the campus and have posted uh, anonymously, campus is bringing PragerU back even after campus protests, students getting doxxed by the speaker. They've accused me of doxing them because they're in my Instagram live stream. No names, no address, no nothing, but are accusing me of doxing them and saying and multiple complaints to the administration, including a meeting with President Olson. So they're like, we made all this fuss and you're still going to bring her back to our campus to speak again. Damn right. I'm going to be back on the campus to speak again. And I hope, I hope there are protesters outside running their fake food drive with signs calling me a white supremacist or, or you know, uh, saying I have hateful ideology. I hope. You know, as, as when Nate Diaz is like talking to Conor McGregor and Conor McGregor's like, I'm going to slap his head off. I'm going to rip it off. And Nate Diaz is like, better hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's Same how I feel. Same energy. Better hope. <laughs> yeah so they could be like scrambling to like oh we're gonna get our best debater we're gonna dissect these girls videos and put out arguments please. against her or do anything like that but <clears throat> no it's just we're gonna talk to the president about not letting her come to campus we need to shut her down and talk about how bigoted she is and it's the same logic that we saw at play in uh this interview as well as the movie I would say. Right. And we got, so like I said, we did, the, I did a video of those protesters at Winona State University and let's just break down the reach that that video had. I think the original video on PragerU's YouTube got like 300,000 views of people seeing how delusional some of these protesters are. On TikTok, we got like seven to 10 million views on, yeah. on a video of them. And that's why they're afraid. They're afraid because they're getting caught on video being ridiculous towards somebody who is coming to have civil discourse with them and they don't want it to happen again. And in fact, they might not want to want might not want to have it happen so badly that they don't even protest because they're not ready. They're yeah. simply not ready. So Winona State University, I'll see you on October 14th. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Coming uh, for you with kind conversation with, and honest thoughts yeah, and arguments. Because I'm so scary. I'm yeah. such a scary little 22 um, year old girl. Yeah, I've got my guard up sitting here next to you. <laughs> Shake it in my boots. <laughs> Keep my eye on you. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, that is our show for today. Do we have super chats? Um, I, I think haven't I seen have any one. of late, I, so I got, if you have one, I think I got one. Let they get see. lost in the chat, guys. So if we don't catch it, I'm sorry, I, I, I did screenshot it. If you got, if you left a super chat and I didn't catch it, you can we'll put always, it in the chat down below. But uh, and main, we'll always go back and get them if we missed them. Main Kyla or Kayla says Finnish language doesn't have gender pronouns. It is equal language, but here some woke lunatics want to use English pronouns: he, him, she, her, they, them. It is absurd to use pronouns artificially. You're not going to find any pushback from us on this show. Not we are, even Finland is safe. We are over <laughs> <laughs> Not even Finland is safe. Wait, where are you going, Taylor, next week? I will not be Finland. in uh, Norway. Ah, Norway. So not far from Finland? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's all in Scandinavia. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, we are not on the pronoun train here. So I'm sorry if that's something that is near and dear to your heart, but not for us. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, did anybody else leave a super chat that we just missed and they're putting it in the comments down below? I don't think so. Um, 
guys, we have a survey we'd like you to fill out on the show uh, to let us know what topics you want us talking about, what guests you'd like to have us have on, what videos you want to see more of, what videos you want to see less of. If you hate me and you just want to leave me some hateful comments in the in the survey, you can do that too. The survey's in the description down below. Once you complete the survey, I believe it will ask you for your email and that'll sign you up for our email list of unapologetic and you will get updates on when our show's coming out. Uh, we're going to do this survey for a little while first just to get a, a, a pulse on what you guys want and what you guys want to see then we're going to release a discord to you guys that you guys can come and communicate with each other and be in the little chat rooms talking to one another and i'll of course hop in and talk to you guys as well uh what else do we have going on yeah i think that's it guys like subscribe click the notification bell to be notified every single time we go live that is monday wednesday friday at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern and we also post videos on tuesday and thursday so you're getting videos every day of the week and Saturday and Sunday because we don't leave you hanging on the weekend, guys. We are just constantly pushing out content. Uh, and leave a comment down below. What do I want you to comment on? Uh, do you guys want to get married and have that traditional lifestyle with the traditional gender roles? Do you believe in gender roles? Uh, and, and let us know because don't worry, darling, and this pseudo debate with Dennis Prager was heavily focused on the ideas of feminism and patriarchy. So drop your thoughts on those subject matters down below. And if you disagree with anybody, tell them you disagree. Have a healthy civil debate, unlike the one we just witnessed down below. Guys, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I'll be spending mine chilling. You guys got any plans? I mean, yes. I'm flying to oh, yeah. Europe. <laughs> we just talked about that. Uh, Scott? I'm just chilling this weekend. Maybe go golfing? Ooh. Okay, golfing. That sounds awfully patriarchal and manly. <laughs> uh, remember to turn your wrists. Yeah, given generic <laughs> advice as our sign off today. What do remember you to turn your wrists when you golf? Is, yeah. that, is that a real thing? Golf swing. Uh, what is my advice for today? Always keep your phone charged. Advice that I'm not really I'm willing a, to that, You're the worst person to give that advice. I'm you're a hypocrite. I'm the worst person to give that advice. <laughs> Except my phone's at 52% right now, so I'm doing wow. pretty good. It's more than the. That's 50% more than normal. <laughs> Don't forget to charge your phone, guys. Bye.